following episode of the Comics and Crypto podcast is for informational purposes only, and anything expressed by the hosts or their guests is solely their opinion. This podcast does not constitute financial advice, and anyone wishing to invest should seek their own independent financial or professional help. Have fun, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean O'Hare, and I know comics. Hi, I'm Spencer Vogel, and I know crypto. Hi, I'm Kevin Lee Loader, and I don't know sh- This is the Comics and Crypto Podcast. Comics and Crypto So what have been some of the most notable comic sales that have happened on Golden Auctions in the past? Well, I mentioned Detective 27. We sold that uh, mm-hmm. 6.5 for 1.74 million. They also privately brokered the sale of um, an Action Comics 160. It's called the Rocket Copy because it has like a, a kid got one of those little rubber stamps and stamped a rocket onto it. Uh, that sold for $3.4 million, which is a record for, for that grade, which is crazy. Um we sold a Superman 130 for 720000 Um, What else? A little less high-end. There was a, an Avengers number eight, which is the first appearance of Kang the Conqueror, uh, who's going to be big soon in the MCU. Looks uh, amazing. That yeah, that was a 9.8. It sold for 54000 And then an 80s book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, first print in 9.8. That sold for $264,000. That's a record sale to this date. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't think there's any anything higher in in uh, mm-hmm. in the GP. So, so yeah, we've we've set some pretty pretty high bars for different books. And recently, Golden just opened up a marketplace for fixed price collectibles. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of selling the collectibles on the marketplace? Maybe what are some of the requirements? It's still very new to everybody. Like we're still in the first couple of weeks of, of the fixed price marketplace. So there are some kinks getting ironed out. Uh, as far as I'm aware, you can only sell graded items on the marketplace. To have your book listed on the marketplace, it has to be in Golden's hands. You can't just like take a picture of it and send a picture to the website and just list it. And, and you know, we, we found by observing other companies and what they've been doing we found quite often someone would it's not quite a bait and switch but they'll they'll have sold the book somewhere else but forgotten to remove the listing and then someone tries to buy it and then it's us that looks bad because our customers complaining that they didn't get what they they just paid for and and so i believe the the rule is that the the book has to be graded it has to be in golden's vault which is this um secure um, way of storing your collectibles i know they they do this for cards as well Mm -hmm. So if you put your graded comic books or, or cards in the golden vault, it's insured and secure and everything else. Some people yeah. get very anxious. They have six-figure items sitting around their house or in a safety deposit, even a safety deposit box, you know, like in, in a bank. Things happen, like fires happen, robberies happen, like, you, you know, you never know. And, and quite often these things are, I know plenty of collectors who pay cash for everything. And so their insurance company is not going to pay up if something happens to that, that item. So having a company like Golden looking after your things in a, in a secure, safe, fireproof, insured environment. Um, so to move it from the, the vault to the marketplace is quite simple in your Golden account. Once it's in the marketplace, you can accept offers on it and have a buy it now price. And then Golden handles the shipping and everything. It's, it's just taken care of for you. So it, it's a fairly seamless experience. And the same is true of our weekly auctions, which have just started as well around about the same time. Um, the weekly auctions are $5 starting bids on any item. 
So whether it's worth 500,000 or 5,000 or $50, it starts at five, $5 and it runs for seven, nine days. Um, and, and again, the books have to be with Golden before you can list them for sale. So um, we're, we're trying to learn from the mistakes other people have made and, and get it right from the beginning. And it's so far so good. I mean, I'm sure there will be moments where we're like, oh, we didn't think of that. But but we're figuring this stuff out and we'll do it well. We'll, we'll do it very well. Yeah, it's incredibly exciting seeing the different price options. You know, you're going to be able to intrigue a lot of collectors, new collectors, uh, veteran collectors to get involved because of the different price ranges. Yeah, one one of the one of the the, the sort of criticisms or at least observations about Golden has been it's been like a boutique for high end collectors in the past. So we were great at getting the the six seven figure items, but maybe we weren't offering enough to these like collectors who are a bit more uh, beginning of their journey or they just have lower goals or, or lower budgets and I think this will address that you know we'll give we'll give a, a collector the chance to become a more advanced collector over time which is how most of us do graduate right you start by buying dollar books at a, gar a garage sale and you, yeah. know, you end up buying Fantastic Four number one um, and, and so along the way there's a there's a path right and no one's very few people go okay i'm going to take a million bucks and sink it into a comic book no you usually start small and work your way up and so golden has lacked that kind of offering to the lower end of the market but we're addressing that with this now and i think so far it's been very positive lots of activity in the weekly auctions and yeah things are doing well and most of the time things sell for fair market value don't they? i mean like two collectors it only takes two Two collectors who go, huh, that should be a thousand bucks. It's only at six hundred. I'm going to bid. Gets to a thousand bucks. That's yeah, how it works. Exactly. It was really fun recently. Last at San Diego Comic Con back in July, I had a chance to hear Todd McFarlane talk about his story of buying the the Mark McGuire home run baseball, the 70th home run baseball, and it was between him and one other person. And he was at his, in his kitchen putting the bids in in New York. When this one guy sitting in the audience was bidding, and then you have everybody in the audience root for this guy. They had no idea who was on the phone, but that. They're just rooting for this guy. So there's just two guys bidding for this baseball. And apparently the, the other guy's budget was around 1.2, 1.3 million. And because he asked him afterwards, but he ended up Todd McFarlane ended up buying it for three million dollars, a little over three million dollars. The ball's probably not worth, you know, quarter of that today, unfortunately. But yeah, he, he got a lot of press out of it. He got a lot of press out of it. And he was able to go around and talk about his company and what they're doing. And that's remarkable. He's uh, he's doing great. <laughs> Doing great. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't <laughs> think Tom McFarlane's going to worry about the value no, of that no, baseball. No. no, it was it was so funny though. Ash, he was saying that when he got to almost three million, his wife, who's a phenomenal person, I had a chance to meet her as well in New York Comic Con, yeah. and she <laughs> and she looked at him and just walked right out of the kitchen. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> she walked right out. <laughs> oh, that must boy. have been an interesting evening after that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so that boat that we were going to buy next year, honey. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going back to the story I, I mentioned earlier about having a chance to buy Fantastic Four one, and, I, and unfortunately, slipped through my fingers. I, I told myself because the digital comics were dropping on Vivi, which are licensed NFTs of the physical counterparts. And I told myself if, if that ever happens, if that ever if FF one ever drops, I'm going to go pretty hard on it because I knew of the value of the, of the physical comic. And sure enough, it did. And I had a chance to buy a low-minted secret rare, which we'll, we'll dive into details of that in a bit. But uh, it's been a blessing to own that comic ever since I, I had a chance to buy it. 
what are your thoughts on NFT comics being dropped on on Vivi and, and Palm NFT as well? They're dropping uh, DC comics. They recently dropped Superman number one as well. Have you had a chance to look into that market? Not really. I, I haven't. It's it's difficult for me, in in the same way that um, these these modern cover variants can can become extremely valuable. It's difficult for me to to understand how a collector values something like that because it's not something I, I have a close association with. I, I, I'm not really clued into how this all works, and and so for me, the idea of of scarcity isn't manufactured that scarcity uh for me is something that that happens just organically like, for example some crazy german writes a book then a bunch of people have bonfires in in town squares and burn a bunch of comic books and they become rare um i mean you could plan for that but it would be a pretty elaborate way to to make something scarce like for me i'm more interested in things like the ET cartridges that were buried in landfill and, and someone actually kind of dug through the landfill and recovered some of them, you know, things like that, that, that story to me is like, wow, that's just crazy. And then someone actually wants to buy that afterwards. Um, so I'm keeping a close eye on this. I think it's an interesting development. I don't know yet how that's going to play out over time, but I admire the early adopters who have the vision like you do to recognize that oh no this is going to be trust me this is going to be a big thing and i'll probably be like i kind of was with bitcoin going oh i wish i thought of joining in with that when it first happened i would invest in them i would be very selective so i love the fact exactly. that you recognize fantastic four number one is something that you wanted to be part of um superman one sounds like something i should own um just i don't know like i'm, I'm a little cautious just because of, of the number of stories you hear about um, people who have who have invested in all kinds of weird things, that have, sometimes for for millions of dollars, that now mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. exist. Mm -hmm. I think like the Second Life thing that that was this big video game, yeah, uh, cross between a multi-user game and real estate investing. People were buying digital islands and then selling the rights to farming and mining and and stuff, and people were spending real money on this it wasn't it wasn't just like yeah. 25 50 dollars it was like something like 300 grand i think someone paid for yeah. something or three million. it was crazy and i remember at the time thinking well what about all those video games that used to be a big thing and then the company just abandoned them you know like yeah and there's no there's no regulation like if if world of warcraft i don't even know that's still a thing but if it were still a thing and they sold you a, a pub and world of warcraft for 100 grand Who's to say that that World of Warcraft will still be a thing in ten years' time, and your right. hundred grand just gone up in smoke? So I'm a little concerned about NFTs from that perspective, but I'm yeah. also ignorant about it. So I'm not I'm not a naysayer. I'm just a mm, little cautious about it. Yeah, but yeah. I, can, I can see I can see the benefits of it. I can see I can see the reasons why people would find that interesting, and I'm not saying I would never put my money into it. But I wouldn't be an early adopter just because I'm a little cautious about being an early adopter in general. That makes sense. Yeah, just to, your, to your last point about that, I mean, you are seeing now there's NFTs of digital land in these big metaverses where people are spending millions of dollars for these. Um, yeah, I'm like, especially with the, the gaming piece of it, like the really cool thing about NFTs is that you actually have true ownership of them. Whereas like in a lot of these you know video games that you've seen in the past, 
um, you know, your your the assets that you own in that video game are just you know a record on that company's gaming server. Um, and if that game did shut down, you would lose those. Whereas with NFTs, you actually have true ownership of those assets. They live in your blockchain wallet. And if the game developer decided to stop supporting the game, any but any other game developer could decide to then support those assets again. And they basically can adopt a whole new community that already owns them who are interested and you know have a financial incentive to get involved. And you know, so there is some longevity to these assets uh, that I think weren't really possible with Web2. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. You know, I've watched I've watched millionaires and come and go and and you know. Like I don't know any person. I know one person who who's an influencer who was being paid a, an enormous well for a twenty year old an enormous amount of money to promote NFTs for a while, and then he suddenly wasn't. And so that makes me think, you know, there's a lot of money that's moved in and then out again at that mm-hmm. space. Bitcoin as yeah. well, and all those currencies that have have had their their moment and have waned a bit. And I just wonder, you know, will people who bought stuff at the top of that market ever trust? that market again you know like if you if you were the person that spent 50 grand on, on a, a digital af15 and it's now worth nine are you ever going to say wow uh, i want to get back into that space it's going to be hard like the, the people who Great. the people who are, are the most vocal are often the ones who've lost their shirt and and so i i think it's it's going to develop over time i think it's fascinating i think i love i love the fact that there are different levels for each comic book i love that um, I'd love to see more kind of crossover between comic book creators and those comic books. So I don't know, let's say Todd McFarlane, let's say he created a, a unique cover that was a one of 10 or something and they went up for auction. So then people could set their own tolerance on what those are worth. To me, that's, that's a way of creating scarcity in this space that, that could be really valuable in the long run. I, I don't know, but I mean, I got lots of ideas about it. I just don't know if I'm confident enough yet to to risk my own money on it. But I, I think yeah. it's something that gold should get involved in. I, th- I think I think this, you know, the, the adoption of digital collectibles like that by established market players like Golden would be useful because it would show the bigger audience, oh yeah, wow, they're, they're backing this. So it's something that actually has legs. It's going to be around for a long time. There's a true value here. It's not just a, a passing fad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think it's something that's going to develop over time for sure. And I could see why this will become a big thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I think just like how seriously Marvel has taken the relationship, like VV has been sharing a booth with Marvel, you know, for like the last two big comic conventions, New York comic con and, and San Diego comic con. So like, you know, it's, they're definitely taking it seriously. And at least for me, that's like a, a big sign that you know hopefully there's gonna be some longevity to this market it, it was pretty remarkable ash going to comic-con and i i've had a chance to get to know a lot of influencers at a physical comic book market they're kind of they're skeptical about the the digital collectible space and going there and talking to them in person and they're like oh shit okay that's <laughs> like front and center there's vv and marvel and that's a that's pretty remarkable and they kind of turn their heads a little bit but to add to your point we we really believe that 98% of the NFTs and digital collectibles in the market right now are probably going to crash and burn. But the ones that are going yeah. to survive and thrive are the ones, the licensed collectibles, the ones with the biggest brands. That's why we only focus, the majority of my, for myself personally, on Vivi because they're all licensed collectibles from Marvel, from Disney. The best part about these collectibles is accessibility. Because physical comic books, I have friends in certain parts of the world, they can't get mail easily. And they have corrupt mailing systems. So it's hard for them to get collectibles, but I can send them these digital comics. So accessibility is really, really big. 
and also just seeing people how excited they are about collecting after they get involved in the space. Now they're buying physical comic books. Now they're going to conventions. And it's amazing. And talking to them about this in person and say, this is my first comic convention. I'm 55 years old and I've never bought a comic book in my life. Now I own 10 grails, physical grails, and I'm going to comic book shows. I never thought my life would, would come to this, but it's because I got involved in the digital market. And that's awesome. And that's what we're excited about because we're very much excited about the physical space as much as the digital. Um, but we really, really believe there's a strong connection there. And especially for the digital comic books, you know, they're counterparts of the physical. But that being said, we don't think there's a competition. We think they're both going to help lift each other up over time because it's really marketing the same IP. People are investing in the same IP. Marvel and DC could find a way to, to offer an additional benefit for people who buy the digital version yeah. of the comic book. And that's utility. You know, and I love that you said create, that. Create a variant or something, you know, like that, yeah. that only is given a physical copy is given to the owner of that yes exactly. i love that Initial owner, exactly yeah. and, and i could i could totally see something like that happening because with with all the vb comics that drop uh the ultra rare uh, which is basically the number four rarity out of five is a vb exclusive cover so it's a brand new cover that's been drawn by you know a comic book artist um usually a contemporary artist and so that's something that you know that cover only exists in the digital space right now and, and never has existed in the physical space and because those are fairly limited i could totally see them eventually creating uh you know physical physical versions of those as well yeah you could you could maybe see a, a point of um the problem would be if someone traded the the nft that, that they would still have the physical comic um, yeah, there there are ways like where I mean, like I've seen like Artifact Studios is a is a big company in the you know the metaverse and NFT space that focuses on digital fashion, and they've created technology with NFC chips where you can actually link your NFT to your physical goods, like a physical pair of sneakers or a physical sweatshirt or or something like that. So I think there's definitely a lot of ways that you can do that and and almost use the NFT as like a you know proof of authenticity for the physical as well. I think maybe something like a crossover between this digital kind of ownership thing and a more traditional investing uh, that that could be interesting an eft based on nft comic books so, so instead of just buying an ff1 you could actually own a basket of of shares in different ones yeah and you're you're not exposed to the, the fluctuations of just one so extremely you could benefit from rising or and, and limit your risk to falling prices by having yeah, that's a good a, idea yeah like I, I think i think that kind of uh, fractional ownership and and risk exposure thing hasn't really come into the collectible space that much. I mean, mm -hmm. there are some very strictly private things like marketing, um, artwork, like so fine art is contained in in a private EF, um, EFT, <clears throat> but people can't invest if they don't have one million dollars of liquid assets, and you have to qualify, and it's all very strictly, um, you know. Um, regulated and so it's it's only available to the super rich and and it just seems like that kind of thing would be a no-brainer for people like if you say you can't afford an af15 on your own but you could for 20 dollars have a share of an af15 or mm -hmm. uh, like a, a basket of, of silver age keys that, that follow the market i mean that kind of thing it's got to happen i mean it, it just it just feel i just feel like it's a, an idea that time has come for and and no one's done it yet so you heard it here first. Yeah, well, I would love to see the day where, where one day that Golden might be brokering, uh, you know, comics in the, in the digital space. I mean, maybe one day. And uh, and, and if it happens, I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna, you're going to be the guy that makes it happen. It's on my to do list. Like, I'm, it's it's one of my many ideas. Like, I yeah, it's a big list. Yeah, um, for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure, it's going to be it's going to be mentioned because I think it, it's an idea that that 
the more people it's 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 one of those things where if the right people back it then it kind of becomes an inevitable success whereas if mm-hmm. people don't back it then it probably will fail you know it's one or yeah. maybe not be as successful the more people who believe in something like bitcoin right the more people believed bitcoin was going to be a big thing the more it went up in value and I just think that having bigger market players support this this idea will definitely be beneficial to everybody. My final thoughts: um, it's been a real roller coaster the last couple of years. Not not personally, but just just the hobby has 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 experienced crazy pandemic, gold rush, and then crashing prices. It feels to me like some sanity has re- returned to the market. So if people are sitting on the sidelines looking in going well i wanted to get into comics but i'm just too anxious about it it feels like things have stabilized we're not seeing the crazy swings we saw two years ago or even three months ago things are i would say on a fairly even keel so it's it's not a bad time if you've been sitting on the sidelines to get involved i think this market is it's certainly not going anywhere the mcu has had a, a bit of a hiccup but i think they're figuring that out and I still think it's a very exciting market. I still think comic books are hugely un- undervalued compared to things like coins. Yeah. And, yeah. and simply because comic collecting hasn't been around as long as coin collecting. Um, and uh, in a hundred years time, anything you, you well, you'll be dead, but let's say 20 years time, <laughs> 20 years time, you'll be looking at stuff that you thought was too expensive now, but you'll wish you bought it now because I, I really think it's, it's a market that's going to keep growing. I'm so happy you said that because I feel the same way. You know, especially looking at the sports card market, you're looking at that recent sale for that Mickey Mantle rookie card for $12.6 million, and that was just 9.5, and there's three tens. So you look at that, right? You're referencing that value, and you're looking over at Fantastic Four 9.6, there's only two of them. I mean, what's that going to sell for if it ever does sell? You know, what's a 9.0 of Action Comics 1 going to sell? Or the 9.4 of Batman 1 came back on the market. So it's exciting to see that these these big grails that are our scares and the highest grades are still selling for record prices, even during a bear market. It's exciting for the future for the collectibles market, in our opinion, because we look at it as one market cap. Right. And I, and I do think that people can learn some lessons in the last couple of years. Um, you talk about um, what to avoid in the future. What, what should you avoid doing? What, what can you what can you learn from, from this period? And I would say that the number one thing is don't jump on something because it's suddenly hot. Don't get involved in a book as a speculator just because a bunch of other people are speculating. Because for everyone that, that does well, like the first appearance of Dr. Afra, like there's a speculation community that that's their big home run, right? The, <laughs> I think it's Darth Vader number three or something. For every one of those, there are a thousand stories of people who bought 50 copies or something and it's their dollar books or less. Yeah. And and those those suddenly hot speculation books are the ones that crash the fastest. Uh, things like uh, What If 10, the, the female Thor fantasy story from 1980-ish. Yeah, that went two grand or more at one point, and now it's back down to I think seven hundred and 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 falling, and 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 that was because a there was too many of them around, b they went too high too fast, and c the movie kind of sucked, and and it just takes one bad call to to lose your money, and, and I just think learn from that. There is a there are established keys that never really suffer. They may yeah. come down a little bit when the market comes down, but over time they always go up. My number one investment pieces and i'm not an investment advisor and don't sue me if you do do badly (laughs) (laughs) is go for 0.5s of of mega key issues like go out and find universal 0.5s ragged copies of asm1 af15 hulk one journey 83 those things are 
they're the, the key to owning something that's going to go up in value because eventually someone will always say, well, I'm now I'm just about to retire. I'm, I, I can afford it finally. I want to own a Journey 83, first appearance of Thor, but I can't afford a good one. So what's the cheapest one I can buy? And it's the, the bottom feeders are always going to keep that market buoyant and they're always going to be more of those around than the higher grade ones. And yeah, chasing the high grades, it's always going to be a fantasy for most people. But having those those books is cool anyway. You can just yeah. say, like, I have an ASM1. It is a rag, but I have an ASM1. <laughs> so I think that, that's my number one tip. I love it. I love it. But not financial advice. <laughs> not financial advice. Not financial advice. It's just, it's just a, a fun, fun thought. So don't worry. Um, we put the disclaimer on all of our content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> Well, Ash, it was so wonderful having you on the podcast. It's been so much fun talking to you. And never make sure to check out all the auctions that are happening right now and weekly at golden.com. <laughs> and also golden.com. <laughs> and make sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Amazing content daily. Like it's unbelievable. Go at Golden Co. And we'll make sure to include the link down below in the details, everybody. Thanks again, Ash, for coming on. Thanks a lot. I'll speak to you again soon, I hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.